and welcome back to another episode of Osteo Talk. Today we're discussing the placebo effects in osteopathy. A placebo is used in clinical trials to test the effectiveness of treatments and is most often used in drug studies. For instance, people in one group get the tested drug while the others receive a fake drug or a placebo that they think is the real thing. As of the 15th of March 2021, osteopathy has been in the French media with headlines suggesting that as a form of treatment, it is merely a placebo effect, particularly in the treatment of chronic pain. Today's guest speaker is Raphael Zagara Parodi, whose study was criticised by the French media. Raphael is a registered osteopath in France and the UK, practising in Paris since 1999. He has also been heavily involved in osteopathic education and research with previous posts at the A.T. Steele Research Institute in Kirksville, USA and the University College of Osteopathy in London. Currently, he is an associate editor of the International Journal of Osteopathic Medicine and a member of the non-profit foundation CUM Collaboration Board of Trustee. As an osteopath, Raphael has an expertise in the management of chronic and acute neuromuscular skeletal conditions and sport injuries. He is now involved in the development of an evidence-based framework to evaluate the clinical relevance of the body-mind-spirit osteopathic tenant in contemporary osteopathic care. So thank you for agreeing to speak with me today, Raphael. Thank you for the invitation, Jasmine. I'm very happy to have this talk with you. So we're going to discuss um, your study today. <clears throat> so your study took 400 patients with low back pain who had previously used therapy ranging from opioids, NSAIDs, muscle relaxants and physical therapy and randomized them into osteopathic manipulation versus sham therapy. My first question is, why did you decide to carry out the study and what was the study's aim? So thank you for this question. And like you have outlined in the presentation, there, was, there has been a lot of criticism uh, regarding this study. And most importantly, the way it has been reported within the profession and in the media. So I would like to make absolutely clear what was the research question. So there was the single research question was to evaluate the specific components, manual component of osteopathic care. So the, the research question was to, we wanted, what we wanted to do is to evaluate the effectiveness of osteopathic manipulative treatment within um, osteopathic care. It means that we have um, in, in both arms, the contextual effects were exactly the same. And the only difference between the two groups was the manual treatment that was provided. One was standard, and the osteopathic manipulative treatment. And again, I'd like to make it absolutely clear that standard does not mean standardized. It means usual care. So it was just one usual care form of treatment um, based on the diagnosis of somatic dysfunction. Uh, that was for the, for the treatment group and for the sham group, it was standardized in the sham group. Um, it was, we use a light touch, um, a form of, uh, of treatment that has already been used in previous randomized clinical trial, evaluating the effectiveness of osteopathic manipulative treatment. So that was the research question. 
Thank you. Um, the clinical outcome of your study was measured using the change in score on the Quebec Back Pain Disability Index at three months. So for those listeners who aren't familiar with it, um, the Quebec Back Pain Disability Index is a survey which scores the effect of back pain on your life from zero, meaning no limitations, to 100, meaning maximal limitations. Prior studies um, have concluded that the minimum clinically important change on the scale is 20, which reflects that the patient is feeling better. Even though your results are not clinically significant with regards to um, a large patient population hitting that 20 point improvement bar, the QBPDI decreased by 4.7 points in the OMT group and 1.3 points um, in the sham group. So there is a significant difference between these two groups and I want to um, explore that a bit more. One explanation for these results, you can look at it as, um, well, OMT works and osteopathy um, provides improvements in back pain. And I guess the second sort of route is you could look at um, the, you could explore the sham group's results and say that actually their responses were to do with touch, because like you said, um, patients in that group received light touch throughout the treatment um, process. So what conclusions did you make from your results um, looking at both the OMT group and the sham group? So if you don't mind, I'd like to answer by probably um, explaining that this is absolutely normal for any type of treatment to have a specific effect and contextual effects. Um, there's a, there was a, um, there is an important literature um, review, systematic literature review on the different medical treatments uh, the evaluation of the specific effect and contextual effect of each manual, uh, medical procedure for uh, my recollection is um, uh, knee pain or um, knee pain and the overall um, uh, contextual effect is 75% and the specific effect is 25% so it, and it can range from 10% to 30% the, the specific effect. And in the previous, that was for, we were talking about injection with um, cream, non-steroidal um, cream. And one previous systematic review that, that was published by Menke uh, on low back pain, evaluating the, the, the specific effects of manual treatment uh, the, the evaluation was 20% of specific effect and 80% of contextual effects for acute pain and 33, one third of, of uh, the um, specific manual effect of the manual component of the treatment and two thirds of the contextual effects. So that's the context, okay? We know there's a lot of, uh, um, of important there's a lot of uh, contextual effects that can increase or decrease the specific effect of each treatment so this is absolutely normal to have a small uh, specific effects and probably a large contextual effect so the, the, the good news is that there is specific effects uh, for example if, 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 if in trials evaluating homeopathy it's, it's very difficult to find uh, specific effects. But here, uh, the osteopathic manipulative treatment has a specific effect. And as you, um, as you have um, well described, the, there was a statistical significant uh, increase of 3% of the Quebec, um, Quebec index 
but at the, the minimal clinical difference, uh, meaning what uh, the minimum that um, a patient we use to, to, to say the patient can really describe an improvement is 20, uh, 20 points out of, out of 100. So this is nothing really new. The, the only new thing is that and in 2003, I Lee and, uh, and collaborators and same uh, results meaning there's a small specific effects and probably a large contextual effects and with the importance of the placebo response within this um, within all these this, this framework the only thing is that the methods we have used here is new uh, and because we have used the methodology of uh, complex intervention we have been very lucky to work with dr isabelle boutron um, who who was key in designing the, the, the specific methods to evaluate and to report non-pharmacological intervention. So it could be acupuncture, it could be psychology, and it could be manual therapy. And among manual therapy, it could be osteopathy. So because we have used these specific methods, we have been able to publish in a, in a journal with a high uh, impact factor, something that has not been possible uh, in the past. So the only new thing is that we have used a stronger methods and now we can um, confidently have probably the same conclusion that was expected if for, for, for all manual therapists and osteopaths who are already aware of the current state of the art uh, in, in the, and the current uh, evidence regarding the effectiveness of um, manual therapy. One thing um, that I came across um, whilst researching people's response to your study was uh, the placebo effect and how you're measuring that against um, OMT treatment and how and some people think it wasn't necessarily um, an actual placebo because patients could have easily figured out if they were receiving OMT or sham therapy. So throughout your research, um, you did record a subset of the appointments and you did have them um, professionally adjudicated. And the adjudicators found that the listening quality and the reassurance was higher in the OMT group than the sham group. Do you think that study participants would have been able to figure out which group they were in? And do you think that may have affected um, the outcome of the study? This is a good question. So, um, and I don't have the answer, but we have the data and data uh, are available for uh, further um, investigation. So uh, the research team led by Professor Ranou here in France will make public announcements. And um, if, if uh, investigator uh, wants to explore um, our data, we have data sharing policy. So it will be easier probably to have uh, to answer this, this type of, of question. And I completely agree. And I think it's important not to focus on, um, you know, oh, is it sham, is it OMT, but um, why has, have we got these results and um, how could we apply them um, to help patients? So I think that's really, really interesting. My next question is going to be, what do you think, oh, sorry, why do you think um, the French media responded in the way that it did? Um, well, uh, 
probably for your um, your audience, um, the context is slightly different than in, in, in the UK. In the UK, you, you're an allied health, um, so recognized uh, health profession, and training is only in university. You got a bachelor or license, and you get registered with the General Osteopathic Council, and you, you have the standards of practice. Um, so everything is perfectly clear. This is not the case in France. In France, we are not an healthcare profession. Osteopathy is a title shared by medical doctors, physiotherapists, and non-medical, non-healthcare professionals like me. So there's a lot of kind of politics behind that. And the, and, um, the training is only provided in private institutions. Uh, private for-profit uh, institutions. So, and there's a large variability in the quality of training and of critical thinking uh, skills. Um, the French decrees are recent. It's only 2014. So the first students, the first graduates who have uh, received a, 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 a clear training, it, it, it only happened uh, two or three years ago. So the context is different. And because of that, uh, there's the kind of um, difference between um, uh, the, the way the, the, the information is treated. Then um, that, that, that's for the, the specific osteopathic context. And second is there's a specific media context uh, because there's a lot of information. Uh, we are there's so many, so many information. So we want to, they want to simplify the, the, the outcome. And sometimes simplifying is becoming very simplistic. So what we have uh, found in this uh, trial is that patients can't make the difference between what osteopaths call a placebo and what osteopaths call a real technique for chronic pain patients, okay? So, because probably this is too long, uh, some medias have said, oh, osteopathy is no more than a placebo. And there was probably uh, a confusion between placebo effect, that is implying there's nothing really worse of, of, of using, uh, that is very different to the placebo response. Placebo response is a very well described phenomena within the, within the body that can be enhanced with all the contextual factors. So, you know, the, the place, the way we talk to patients. So we know that. And probably in, in complex interventions, this is probably one key aspect of treatment, but of, for each type of treatment. So probably there was a lot, a lot of um, combination for, for that. And probably they were bored to talk about the COVID-19. So there was uh, something different. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you may be. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's true. I think um, it's very likely that things were taken slightly out of context because osteopathic manual therapy is used globally and um, patients you know, do report 
having improvements globally across the world. So, um, you know, for it, yeah, I think there was um, definitely some misunderstanding. Um, I wanted to ask, moving forwards, do you think um, the effects, so you've looked at um, OMT and you've compared it with the placebo response, which we should say not effect. Moving forwards, do you think the effects of OMT um, needs to be compared to an active comparator like um, physical therapy, like NSAIDs um, that are used in treatment um, of back pain? That, that's a very interesting question. In the meantime, I'm sure you have seen that in the UK, the NICE guidelines for uh, treating chronic pain patients, yes. um, manual therapy has been removed. So passive manual treatment is, there's not a lot of evidence for that or, or it, it would be better to say that we have the, the evidence is more in favor of active um, management, meaning patients moving and psychosocial management, the way patients interpret their, their symptoms, the way they feel their body, uh, they will do the, this, this is much more important than just giving passive uh, treatment. So I fully understand this is uh, very challenging, especially for my colleagues um, in France. Uh, when I say that, it's for colleagues who have not received the, um, the current training that is described by law. Um, so without a lot of critical thinking, uh, that would that it has been a shock. It has been a shock to see that in the media that, oh, osteopathy no more than placebo. But Passive manual treatment is not the main uh, the main part component of a, of a successful treatment when when you deal with with chronic pain patients. So everybody knows that. Uh, no, so there are probably um, a, an opportunities to to interact with with other colleagues. We have been well. It can, it has been quite difficult with my colleagues, if I want to be honest. And I'd like to thank Laurent Fabre and Guillaume Crieff. We've been three osteopaths uh, working on this project that started back to 2010. So the first meeting, so it has been a long, long journey that was uh, paid by the French Ministry of Health. So that's 370,000 euros. So that's a huge, a huge project. So. I understand this is very challenging for uh, osteopaths, but the way it, it's it's it, it's an ethical duty to tell that to patients. If we have chronic pain patients coming to your practice that they expect a lot of improvement only with passive treatment, that would be uh, not fair. That would be unethical to say, "Oh, no problem. I'm an osteopath. I'm going to take care of you." So, and. We, we, we can discuss, we can include the available evidence within the, 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 the therapeutic alliance. And I, what I do is I, I explain that there's small effects, but the most important is we can to, to have more different types of approach and most important being the, the active component. And this way we increase the therapeutic alliance where, and this way we, we, we are stimulating the, the, the placebo uh, response. So this is what I've done as an osteopath and probably not
my manual, the manual part of my of, of care. So we we just need to be very careful with the the word we are using and to really delineate our scope of practice. Yes, I think yeah, definitely. Um, and now moving forwards with. Um, so you've you've completed the research and you've got your sort of clinical findings. Where are you gonna? Where does where do you go now with um, what you've found? What is the future of this um, the the current um, study finding? Data will be uh, available soon. So any type of uh, research question that would be relevant uh, would be very uh, interesting. So um, like I said, most important to me personally would be. Um, to extract data and, and in order to describe who are the, the, the best responder to, for, for treatment. Because this is something that uh, is known in each, for each um, non-pharmacological intervention. We have people who respond and others who do not respond. And so it, it would be a um, very important to describe who are the best responder in order to to provide the, the best solution for for each patient, and then um, there's more uh, other. We we have probably to reframe or to rethink what our current uh, principles and practice in osteopathy are, because the way we have described. Uh, our profession focusing on the manual component probably as probably to be reviewed. And when I say that, I say that um, with my um, uh, English brain being very polite. If I would tell that with my Peruvian brain, I would say we need to stop uh, telling this because we have evidence against that. So that would be absolutely nonsense that osteopaths would be the only one to promote um, uh, theories that are not backed by science anymore. And one other thing that I'd like to, to add, because many colleagues were very angry, they were mad at us, especially after the, the, the media, like, like, like we will be, we were able to, to control the medias, you know, okay? Uh, I was just, we were just practicing with, with patients. So a lot of people, a lot of colleagues were very mad, were very sad uh, because they think that it's somatic dysfunction concept. So the body centered concept or nothing, but this is not the truth. Uh, we, there's a lot of many other options, uh, many other models or theories that, are, that could be uh, used to support what we do in, in clinical practice. And I'd like to refer to a paper that uh, George Esteves, that uh, you will meet soon for another, another talk. Yes, very soon. Um, so he's the, he's the first author of, um, of an editorial of the IGEM. And within this editorial, we have provided a, a table with six um, different level of evidence for, for using the models. So the, using the somatic dysfunction model is one of the lowest. We, have, we don't have any, but to describe exactly the same professional skills, we have other options. So it really depends on um, who 
we want to talk with. If we want to talk only, if osteopaths want to talk only with osteopaths, fine. There's no, there's no need to change absolutely anything. The problem is if osteopaths want to talk with academics in the academic world, we need to use their language. It's just, it's just normal common sense, but apparently it's quite difficult. And again, the context is that many, many colleagues um, have not received the, the basic um, skills in, in critical appraisal. So uh, if they have been using only those body-centered models, and nowadays we say, they say on, on TV, there's no more than placebo, we need to stop that. And they feel there's nothing. I, I, I fully understand that it could be very um, fearful for, for, for that. So we have the profession and many other manual professions have provided different models, more patient-centered models, meaning what, what these patients want, uh, expect for uh, manual treatment. And the manual component is just one part of many other components. It's not the central part, but we need to touch patients, obviously. So when you say um, you're looking at different models, um, do you mean like the biopsychosocial model? Biopsychosocial model is much more uh, suited to describe um, a chronic, chronic pain patient mm -hmm. management. Um, we're not focusing on the, on the, um, only on the, on, on the somatic uh, aspects of, of the patients, but on how the patient interpret his pain um, and how, if, if he has support or not. So, it's, it's, so all this type of non-physical component that can affect the final outcome. And so, those factors are known. So using those factors, like it's very common now in the UK, in, 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 the, in the training, in, in becoming an osteopath in the UK, it's, it's, it's obvious, but in France, it's quite new. Um, so, but again, you have to think, to consider all this within our specific context that is very recent decrease and no academic training. There's no absolutely no control uh, from universities of the content. So there's a lot of content that are based on expert opinion and without a lot of critical thinking. So it has been too much in a very short period of time for many, many colleagues. So that's why um, yeah, there is quite a strange uh, reaction, but we're, we're okay, we're fine. <laughs> No, but I also think that's why it's important to be having these sorts of conversations, you know, to expose people to new ideas and, and people should be, you know, open to change and, and seeing things in a different way that maybe they hadn't necessarily been exposed to previously. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really amazing that we've been able to discuss this. And, for example, with us, um, I'm still at university. I'm at the um, British College of Osteopathic Medicine. Um, but I've also had experience at um, UCO, the University College of Osteopathy as well. And um, the biopsychosocial model of health is something that is very much drilled into us from day one as in, you know, you've got to be aware of all the different factors that can be affecting um, your patient. And if you're not addressing them, if you're not, you know, making referrals to make, ensure, for example, um, a patient's uh, mental health, um, well-being is addressed as well, for example, then, you know, you're not really 
doing your duty and and kind of using your tools to help the patient get better um so it's really interesting that you mentioned that and i really look forward to um reading the models that you've put out as well um but thank you so much Raphael, for joining me today and having this really really awesome conversation thank you for the invitation and for the opportunity to provide more details on details on the specific french context and um whole or result might affect um, the osteopathic research more more widely more globally so thank you thank you thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed it don't forget to subscribe leave a review and share this show with your friends and family you can also connect with me on my instagram page at osteotalk podcast where you can find resources and information about osteopathy and updates on upcoming episodes available every friday Thank you for listening and goodbye.